0: Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable views. It's a fun place to golf. It's a different atmosphere. And it's a really nice course. And- it's fast greens, they have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows, they got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole, whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado, I think. You can just see the mountains, you see the golf course, you know. kind of like Cheers, so everybody knows your name and your handicap. That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls, or check them out online at raccooncreek.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all your parties and have it delivered to your door. Let's jump into the show. I am your host today, AJ Hayfly hanging out alongside Nathan Rudolph. We are here, technically it is a Sunday night. Uh, you will be hearing this on a Monday morning, though, or I guess whenever you listen to it. Uh, gonna talk a little bit about some things that have happened over the weekend and dive into all kinds of speculation and juicy rumor-mongering and the hot goss. Nathan, what's up, dude?
1: Not a whole lot. Ready to talk about some players I probably don't want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How was the, uh, you you uh, did your first uh, quiz show today. I did. You'd been uh, doing it. How did it go?
1: Yeah, it was a good time. It went pretty well. I managed to get through it without any technical difficulties. So I call that a win. Uh, yeah, It was fun. Had a lot of interesting trivia on there. Definitely need to tweak it a little bit so we don't have sections where we miss every single answer, but <laughs> there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that's you gotta have the first one, right? yeah, uh, exactly. It's uh I it was it was I'll,
1: uh I'll save your ears from the gigantic buzzer sound next time too. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I had it on in the background and I was doing some writing, and it was uh it was whichever section you guys were on worth uh, it was not going well yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it was just like, it was like, eh, eh. and I was like, Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I, it's just that I'm hearing it a lot or if this really is just like sharp, but like, I am not enjoying this. <laughs> uh, but now that when I was able to actually tune in and actually pay attention to it, it uh, it was a cool idea. It was fun. I, uh, I, I enjoyed hanging out in the chat with other people shouting answers I, uh, not to, not to take any away from the champion, but I think chat might've won that one.
1: Yeah. Chat was dominating the whole thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was, it was cool though. It was a cool idea too. Something to do with the community, especially in the off season when everybody's just kind of sitting around, like, I guess I'll watch the NBA finals tonight. Yeah,
1: exactly. And we got a great turnout too. I was really impressed by the community all showing up for the survey.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's always great, uh, especially when you get 35 answers yeah. <laughs> and you have to sift through all of them. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's, let's dive into what we're actually here to talk about. And that is Patrick Marlowe. It
1: sure is. <laughs> you
0: know, during game, what was it? Game three of the Stanley cup finals uh, sports next Nick Kiprios. Dropped a little tidbit of information that Patrick Marlowe and the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking to part ways, uh, with three teams in particular showing early on interest in Marlowe, those being the Los Angeles Kings, the Arizona Coyotes, and, of course, the reason we're talking about this, the Colorado Avalanche. Now, that set off all kinds of reactions from all kinds of different people who felt strongly about this uh what what was your initial reaction
1: my initial reaction was please no (laughs) Uh, but it's just Marlowe in all ways shapes and forms is not something that we need to actually play on the avalanche for the most part i think he'll just be taking up a roster spot that someone else could be in but after thinking about it a little bit and once you come to the conclusion that Marlowe is definitely a cap dump for the lease, and if you're trying to work out a Grubauer type of trade like we did with Orpik on as part of that, then maybe, maybe there's something interesting you could work out there.
0: Well, you know, and just for reference, the Evs did do this on draft day last year. Like, they just did this last season. Yeah. Uh, where they bailed Washington out of the Brooks Orpic contract uh, and uh, got their starting goaltender... Attached to it, all for the forty seventh overall pick. Uh, Considering what teams go through to try and get starting goaltenders, uh, the fact that they were they all they did, and it looks at least right now, it looks like a good move. um, Giving up the forty seventh pick for a starting goaltender and willing to eat a little bit of money on a contract that you don't care about when you're not pressed up against the cap. uh, I mean, to me, that just seems like smart business. Uh, so if that's their plan is to kind of run that back and do it again, um, why not?
1: Yeah, I I definitely think there's room for that. Uh, the one difference is they're, well, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't matter, but I don't see them buying out Marlowe if they do it.
0: So, okay, let's let's talk about that. Um, first, before we get into like what the sweetener is that we would be looking for, uh, because I've seen some people being like, oh, well, if this gets you William Nylander, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> let's like let's be honest right now. They're not so desperate to get rid of Patrick Marlowe that they're gonna get rid of a guy who is 23 years old and has multiple 60 point seasons on his resume. Right. Like, let's be real here. That is not happening. It's not at all. I understand he's coming off a disappointing regular season, but there were a whole boatload of mitigating circumstances that played into that so let's let's be real here. And then before we start pilfering the rest of that roster, let's talk about Marlow himself. Say that the uh, the abs do acquire him uh, along with someone else as the sweetener of the deal. You know, he one 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 year remaining on this contract, so it's obviously not any kind of a long- term commitment. Uh, but he will be forty at the time of uh, the NHL season opening next year., yep. you know, last year. He had a thirty-seven point year, sixteen goals. Uh, the previous three seasons were all uh, forty-point years, but twenty-goal seasons. He's he has remained an effective NHL player to some extent, uh, although certainly nowhere near the caliber of player he once was. Could could you get away with say that they just said, okay, well he'll just replace Colin Wilson, and we'll we'll drop him on the third line. Yes. And that would be his role. You know, he plays, you have a, you have a third line of Patrick, Marvel, Carl Soderberg and JT Comfort.
1: Yeah. I, I think you could get away with it for sure. I wouldn't expect the world of him. I, I think if he gets 35 points in that role, you, he did fantastically. Um, so I don't, I don't think you can expect a ton from him in your lineup, but if he's playing for you, ideally third line type, maybe get some power play time. Hopefully he can put a couple of goals in the net for you. And you just hope that he doesn't just run out of gas.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, like he could chip in. Like, I don't, I don't think he would be like this. Oh, this black hole of a player. Right. But why?
1: Exactly. Keep, it, why keep him? You you don't make the move for Marlowe, And the reason you keep him is because he's not waving his NMC to get bought out
0: (laughs) yeah i mean if you don't if he doesn't want to be there uh, so his contract the big thing with his contract is that it is more or less um buyout proof yep uh he's he's only making 4.25 in salary in the final year of this contract he's made all the real money he was going to make on this deal uh and then he's got two signing bonuses his signing bonuses on this deal are split (laughs) into two parts one of them gets paid out on July first. The other one gets paid out sometime in December. so and it's,
1: a, it's a plus thirty five contract too so. right.
0: and so, like you're not getting any cap savings it's It's the same as the Orpic. like you're not getting savings out of this right, not at all you know you're not i mean there's no and and you're paying the the bonus, and he's making he is basically making all the money he's going to make right. Uh, on on that deal, like the actual the actual money uh, that he'll he'll get paid out will be basically all of it. Yep. Because the three million in signing bonus that uh, that that gets paid to him no matter what he where he is, what he's doing. It does not matter.
1: And he doesn't have any of the performance bonuses or anything on there either. So right.
0: And so the all he's losing is about eight hundred thousand dollars on the 1.25 million dollar salary he's got left this season yep so that's that's where they are realistically is that's that's the status of that contract uh so buying it out and all you know letting him go and all that you know he's gonna make his money he's gonna make almost all of his money no matter what
1: yeah exactly
0: um so that's not it's not a strong consideration uh it wouldn't make sense to me for him to be like no I'm not you can't buy me out <laughs> You know, like he could—he's moving his family back to California anyway. He can go and set up shop wherever he would be able to go, wherever he would be wanted at that point. And if he doesn't want to be in Colorado and Colorado doesn't want to want him, and it was just part of, uh, you know, the transaction to do it, then I don't see any reason—I don't see any reason why there would be any issues with this whatsoever.
1: Yeah, that—that's fair. Uh, the only thing is, we've already seen him supposedly nix a trade to the Wild with his NMC because he doesn't want to be there. So he, he it's definitely something where he's going to want to go where he wants to go as well.
0: Well, and and with the Wild I could understand because they, it looks like they're trying to set up a retirement home. Yeah, right. Not and not a hockey team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And you know, if he has interest in coming to the Avs, then that's the starting point and we can figure out how we get value from there.
0: Well, let's, let's look at what on the roster would be considered value because I think there are, you know, Nazem Kadri at three years left for $4.5 $4. million. Uh, that's he's still a quality. I mean, he's a good NHL player still, and he's on a really, for, for what he brings to the table, he's on a, a cheap contract. Uh, but he's kind of extra for them between Matthews and Tavares and even Nylander and Marner. Yeah. You know, they don't need a pretty Na- set
1: there. <laughs> right.
0: They don't like Nazim Kadri who's kind of got pushed out there. Yep. Um, and then, and then, you know, so that's, that's kind of on the high end with Nylander, obviously being like, not even, that's not even a conversation. Right. I agree. Um, Kadri is kind of the high end of what I think they might be doing. Uh, and then, a guy like Frederick Gauthier would be on the obvious, like the low, low end where you better yeah. not be giving up anything of right. meaning whatsoever. Yeah. Like this better be strictly a cap thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think the, the perfect dream is capping in right, but it's right. probably not realistic.
0: Well, and that's where I think we, we can settle in is Connor Brown, Zach Hyman, um, Andreas Janssen, Like these are, they're all solid players and they're all solid depth that Toronto's developed. Um, you know, Johnson's got a, he came, he's coming off of a 40, a uh, 40 point season. It was kind of his like breakout, good, solid player. Same thing with Kapanen had, a you know, 20 goal season. Well, Connor Brown is a guy that has kind of lost his role over the last couple of years as their forward core has gotten deeper, but is a really good, solid NHL player that gives you about 30 points per season. Uh, Zach Hyman, you know, another 40 point guy like Toronto's loaded with these guys. So right. really it's kind of like pick a favorite one.
1: It, it but- is to some extent, but you know, at the same time, as I've said before, I'm on the train that I, I would really like the Abs, especially if they're giving up assets to be targeting more of a top six type player. And obviously that means they have to give up more, but do we need third liner number seven on the team i don't know
0: right well i'm with you the captain is the ideal because one he's 22 years old so you can kind of dream right. on him a little bit more Yeah, for sure <laughs> you're still you're still saying oh hey you know we're still a couple years out from his real true prime here um but you know as an rfa this summer it, he's also looking for a contract extension of his own you know, maybe maybe they would value a Zach Hyman who's signed for 2.25 over the next couple of years at twenty six uh, twenty-six years old. That's I mean, that's also a guy that Toronto should be valuing because he's cost controlled right. at exactly. a very cheap price uh for, for that kind of production over the next couple of years. So he's got maybe even extra value to Toronto. Whereas Kapanen, it's fair for Kapanen to ask for more money than that coming off a 40 point year of his own and with inflation and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's fair for that guy to ask for three and a half million dollars.
1: Totally. It is. And if you're looking on the, on the cap controlled side, I personally would be more interested in Kadri for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, he's a C and I, you know, of course it depends on what we do in free agency, but he can slot into that two C type of role for us and be just fine there. And he also brings a, uh, a bit of anger that this team doesn't have a lot of. I know it gets him into trouble sometimes, but it it would definitely be something unique to the abs forward lineup.
0: Well, and this is a guy with 30 goal seasons, just, you know, 100% like this, this, this is not a scrub here. You know, you can easily look at his last year and be like, Oh, he was on the downswing. You don't want to give him that much. But you look at the job that he lost, you know, with, with John Tavares coming in, that's, that was his spot that that Tavares he took
1: basically got knocked down to 3C.
0: <laughs> right. And, and so that's where I think, you know, the they're paying extra money. They're paying more money than they need to be for a 3C. Now, they're getting a better player than most teams have at the position, but when you have two top lines uh that are has stacked with high-end talent as as they have, you don't need Nazem Kadri uh, on as your third line. He's a total luxury for you. And Perfect. that's where I think going after him. And that's a very win now thing. He's he's 28 years old, signed for three years at four point five million. You would really hope, be hoping that you're winning. You you want to win in, the, in that three year window while he's still there. Yeah, definitely. Because you're going to get Kadri. If you get Kadri uh, before before free agency, you're not then going out and signing Kevin Hayes on top of it.
1: Exactly. You have a cadre for the three years and that's fine. 28 to 31 is not a problem.
0: Absolutely as not
1: as I'm concerned there, but once that contracts up, then you're going to have to fill that hole.
0: Right. Well, and that's, that's where you say, well, you know, maybe fourth overall. Sure. If you're drafting the center there, you know, maybe that guy takes, you know, two years, say it's a, a WHL guy. He takes two years in the WHL, then a, then a rookie year. And then, you know, maybe then you bring Kadri back to be your third line center. You know, who knows? Like, who, who knows what the, the world <laughs> looks like in three years? You know, maybe that's a guy that you put up for expansion, you know, whatever. But right. that would be a valuable guy to have. Um, and with Kapanen, you're still dreaming. He's got the one good season under his belt this last year uh, where he had the 20 the twenty goals and 24 assists. Um and 44, I mean, 44 points, that's Alex Kerfoot production. You do want, like, while that is a nice step up from, uh, you know, from the 20, the, the slew of 20 point players Colorado had, you do want to take a step up with your secondary scoring guys from that next level into the 50, 60 point range. You're going to have the elite guys. You want to have those other guys that can get you, uh, you know, 50, 60 plus points and not just have a, all these 40 point guys.
1: I, I agree with that 100%, and I do think Kapanen can get there. If you are if you do decide you want to chase Kapanen in this type of trade, you're definitely taking on a little bit of risks there to assume that he does continue to grow and, and get into that type of player. And beyond that, the reason to go for Kapanen, like we said, is he's an RFA, he's very young. Mm-hmm. I guess you could bridge him if you wanted to, but...
0: I, I probably would at this point. Cause you don't really know what he is in a Colorado uniform or where he's going to fit in. Um, sure. You know, he's, he would be your, you know, you're planning on him being your right wing on opening yeah. night, uh, either your first or second line, depending on where you want to move Ranton in and what, what you do in free agency, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it would, it would, it would have a an, a, an, a certain impact on it. And he's definitely not like a set and forget. Like you're not, Oh, well, this is easy. We're going to get all these points out of him. you still don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. So I would not, I would not have any issue with them doing like what I think they should do with conference or give them two years and see how they see how things go. Sure. And Anna bridge is
1: totally fair there, but if you're making the trade for him, you're expecting him to be part of your organization for longer than Kadri would be. so.
0: And that's, and that's fine. Like you, he's coming off of, uh, he's coming off his ELC. So you could give him two years, see how he does and then give him, you know, then, then you're getting into at that point, he's 24 years old. Then you can get into a five or six year deal.
1: Yeah. And, that would be perfect. If it works out, you probably end up paying him a little bit more that way, but yeah. you've locked him up for a significant number of UFA years then.
0: And that's, that's okay though. Cause if you know what he is and he does take a step forward into a 60 point guy, you don't He's mind paying for money. that. Right. Yeah. Like you're, you're going into free agency right now, trying to find that guy anyway. Yep. You know, so this would be a 22 year old version of that, uh, that, you know, and, you were, you know, you then have to ask questions, you know, what's Martin Kout's role down the road, you know, you have Rantanen and now Kapanen, and then, you know, what do you do with Kout? And for me, it's like, oh, oh, no, you're building quality depth. This is right. awesome.
1: Kapanen for me is way less of the worry there. It's if we decide to hang on to Marlo for a year, whose spot is he taking?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the end. Well, and then, and then do you go sign somebody in free agency? Because then you're really putting right. a number, a roster crunch uh, uh, on then, yourself. Yeah. So that's all part of that conversation with Marlowe where it's not the worst thing in the world, but if you're acquiring him, it should really be to buy him out, get a sweetener, somebody that's going to help you immediately. Um, If it's honestly, if it's going to be an Andreas Janssen or a Zach Hyman, Connor Brown, I'm just not interested. Like those are all good players, but Colorado has bottom six guys
1: exactly and they need
0: no guys way. that can come in and step up and play into that that second line role where they're still searching and if that guy if, if they're not going to acquire a guy that's going to be able to play in there and be an obvious upgrade there like yeah you look at Zach Hyman's numbers and you say sure he's a guy that could come in and be a 40 point guy for them easily and he plays such a heavy style that he would absolutely fill a need for them but He's also gotten the benefit of playing next to some really good players to get to those 40 points. And the Avs may not be able to provide him with that same luxury. He would need to be more of a driver and less of, you know, I'm going to go stand in front and bang home pucks while my skilled linemates do all the crazy stuff.
1: Right. It's, the Avs can get another third line or middle six player in free agency for free. As far as it is taking on a Marlowe contract or giving up assets. So, why would you?
0: Yeah. And that's, that's really where I am with it. If, if it's not, it has to be, it has to be worth it for Colorado. It's got to be an obvious upgrade. Uh, If, like, if it's a cadre or a Kapanen, dude, I'm sold. Those are easy yeses For for me.
1: I mean, of course, the question is, what do you have to give up? But I would be very interested in those two players.
0: Yeah. And the, the cost is a big part of this conversation, too, because you're not giving up 16 for this.
1: Definitely not throwing a first at it, no.
0: No, not giving up 16 for it. Um, I think as high as I would get, like, 47 would be fine. If it's and 47 is fine.
1: Yeah, I'd do 40, 47 for Kapanen and Marlowe's cap hit, for sure. Like,
0: I I mean, I would do 47 and, you know, take a forward prospect. Not a, you know, not a great one. Um,
1: Yeah, whatever. If they want Igor or something,
0: yeah. Yeah. You can't give up, you know, no, no, no Kovalenko.
1: Definitely not Kobe. I'd, I'd probably begrudgingly give up one of Lewis or Henry.
0: Yeah. I think that's where my line would be too, would be Lewis or Henry. And, uh, but for Kapanen, I think I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Same. Um, if it's, if it's for, Hyman or Brown or, or, you no, I'm good.
1: Hard pass on that. <laughs> yeah
0: I'm not, I'm not giving those guys up and a second round pick. Um, cause those are, those are going to be your cheap depth guys in two years. Yep. Uh, those are going to be your own ELC young guys that you get, in, you get in there. So you aren't Hyman, paying, hopefully <laughs> you know, so that you're not paying Matt Calvert, $3 million to play in your bottom six anymore. Like exactly. that's what those guys are. That's why you need those guys. You, you can't just throw them away quickly. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of deal I think it would have to be where, yeah, Toronto's giving up a little bit more here, but they're, you know, it's it's all in the name of being able to keep Mitch Marner and in the name of being able to improve their defense somewhere. Because, you know, they've got to figure out what to do with Zaitsev. You know, Jake Muzzin's on an expiring contract now. He's only got one year left. So those dudes, those dudes have a lot of real money problems that they've got to solve. If Colorado wants to help them do it, it needs to be in a situation where Colorado's just taking advantage of them. You know, uh, Philip Grubauer. Do you think? Do you think going into last summer, Washington said, "If we get a middle of the second round pick for for Philip Grubauer, we've done a great job." No, absolutely not. That's not what they wanted, but they valued the cap space and the cap freedom from the Orpic deal. So much that they took a little bit less in trade than that player would have been worth on its own. And and that's that was the cost of doing business. And both teams ended up pretty happy with it. You know, they got Orpik back on a super cheap deal, and orpic honestly had a surprisingly solid bounce back year for them. And if they if if Toronto's able to do something similar, it has to be worth Colorado's while. It has to be a clear upgrade. It it's gotta be a clear top six forward and not any of these middle six guys.
1: Yeah. Don't take on a cap dump for marginal stuff. You got to make sure you're not losing that trade.
0: I feel like we should put that on a really big sign and just go (laughs) stand outside Pepsi center with it.
1: There you go. Yeah. Make sure they know.
0: (laughs) Don't take cap dumps for marginal upgrades. Cause we've seen that happen a lot. Okay. Let's go ahead and wrap up segment number one here. Uh, before we do that, Uh, I don't have any clever transitions right now, so you guys will just have to forgive me that this is going to be very cut and paste. But we are going to tell you, I am going to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee, which you're already quite familiar with, as the game-changing coffee we tell you about every episode. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that's really changed lives with incredible reviews that I know by now you've absolutely checked out. Which, if you haven't, come on, throw me a bone here. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off and use promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. That's segment number one. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Bev. We'll be right back. Welcome back. In segment number two, here of the BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. I am AJ. He is Nathan. We are us, and we are here to be the Mythbusters. RFA's are always available every summer. Nathan, they they roll into the market, and it's always should the Avs offer sheet this guy or that 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 guy, or that guy, or that guy? and the answer is always offer sheets are a myth. <laughs> They are. They don't happen, but I think that's
1: for good reason 95% of the time.
0: Well, Offer Sheet's, uh, the compensation form, for one thing, is just not great. It's not. Like... that starts off with no compensation, and I don't... I- <laughs> Could you imagine a team signing a guy to an RFA deal worth like a million dollars and the other team being like, eh, have him.
1: For free. <laughs> that would well, be hilarious. Why
0: would you even qualify that guy then? Right. Like, if you were that willing to lose. <laughs> anyway. And then and then the compensation goes up from there. It goes up to like a third round pick and then a second round pick and then a first and a third and then a first, second, and a third and then two firsts, a second, and a third. And then four first-round picks. So that ramps up really, really (laughs) quickly. It's a a sharp curve. (laughs) And for those who are curious, any of the ones involving a third-round pick, the Avalanche are not eligible to do. So that right there basically takes them out of 90% of the market.
1: Yep. Unless you want to give up four firsts for somebody.
0: Right. The four firsts one is, okay, should the Avs make a run at, at Mitch Marner? Hey, you know what? The guy would be an incredible fit. He's an incredible player. That would certainly help solve the secondary scoring issue. But you're done drafting in the first round for the next four years. You better win a cup. You better. And you you might even need to win two cups.
1: It, yeah, it's and you'd have to basically offer him such a high contract that no one would be willing to take it on forever, ever again.
0: Right. Because like you're, you've got seven years of Mitch Marner.
1: Right. And Toronto doesn't, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure Toronto would love four first if it was for free, but Toronto is in very much so win now mode. They don't want yeah. four first for Mitch Marner. They want real players. If they're going yeah. to be
0: moving him, them, them drafting 25 and 26 ever here is only going to get them so far. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where it is. Um, RFA's offer sheets and all that don't really happen. Now that doesn't stop this from happening every year. Where we start, you know, we start to get close towards the end to, towards the end of the season and into the off season when there's no more games on. And we've already started seeing it happen with the Stanley Cup Finals having 13 days in between games. <laughs> you got to you got to fill the airwaves. You yeah. got to kill time somehow, and you can't talk about those games very long. Um, cause you just dissect them to death. And so now we're to, you know, Oh, Patrick line is out there. Patrick line what's going on in Winnipeg, man. Like what, what, what do you think is up with them?
1: I, I honestly don't know. Does everyone just hate that city or what? That's
0: what I've heard. But, uh, for, uh, certain reasons, I will not engage in that conversation. <laughs> Uh, but I will say that I think it's obvious something's broken in that, in that organization right now, you know, they went hard after it, uh, at the deadline and it did not work and it didn't, it didn't even come close to working. It turns out going out and getting, uh, Nathan Boyo and something called a Bogdan Kislevich (laughs) Uh, does not fix a broken locker room.
1: It, it sure doesn't. And this was the second year in a row because they tried Stasny the year before.
0: That went great. And I yeah. mean, like Kevin Hayes, Stasny and Hayes both played well enough to justify coming back if they if they wanted to bring them back. But they've given up first round picks. This year, they gave up picks in round one, three, six, and seven. They actually don't have a, a seventh round pick for the next three years. Uh, and they've given, also giving up 2024. Uh, so for an organization that has been all draft and all develop uh, and, and then recognized its moment the last two years and said, all right, we got to go for it. We're in that sweet spot where our young players are still young and they're cheap. Our older players are making fair, fair money, but they're all mixed in together. Our best players and we are deep and we're talented at all the positions. We got to go for it. And it just didn't work out for them. So now what? Because it seems like there's a massive disconnect there between uh, the young players and the old players. And you got Patrick Laine, who just completes his ELC and is already like, I'm going to take some tours. And yeah. I think I'm going to look around.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how much I buy him actually having serious interest in leaving at this point, to be honest. But I, it's out there for a reason, I'm sure. But, it's again, this is a tough situation because Winnipeg, if they're moving line A for picks, doesn't add up. Much like in Toronto. They just went all in to try and win two years in a row. And they have much of their core locked down for the next five years or something like that. So they can't just all of a sudden transition into a bunch of draft picks right now. So it it would make more sense for them to try and move him. Through a trade if they he really does want out.
0: Yeah, draft picks when you've got Blake Wheeler, uh Brian Little, Matthew Perot, uh Dustin Bufflin all in their thirties and all under contract for multiple years moving forward. Uh it does not and Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Shifley, obviously also have deals. It really doesn't make sense for them to uh to try and push reset and trade away Patrick Line for just futures.
1: Right. I agree. You know,
0: you've got a goaltender signed. You you know, you think you have your number one goalie signed for the next five years. And he's 26 years old right now. And so, you know, you're this is it. Like this is what you've been building for. And now all of a sudden, you know, Jacob Truba doesn't want to be there. Patrick Line doesn't want to be there. How much does Mark Scheifele want to be there? They're talking about trading Nikolai Ehlers because things just haven't quite broken through with him. Last two years in the postseason, 21 games played, zero goals scored.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really a tough spot anytime it comes down to these kind of offer seat situations, right? Because when you're looking at an offer sheet, we've talked about Toronto and Winnipeg here, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we can't transition because of all these guys we have. So when you're looking at the teams that are still rebuilding and would be interested in the picks, most of the time, they have plenty of money to re-sign their guys, right? And they're not going to want to give up their young guys that right. they plan on being the future of their core. So it just puts offer sheets in such a such an odd spot, and it, it leaves you with teams like Winnipeg, where they're like, okay, we've set ourselves up to keep trying to win, so we can't accept any offer sheets. If if someone did offer sheet, they'd have to sign him and then live with it or try and move him on whatever contract it is.
0: Yeah, and at the same time, you know, Winnipeg has $25 million in cap space this summer. They do. You know, so it's not, and granted, the day Winnipeg is a cap team is... <laughs> far, far away. <laughs> probably the day that Winnipeg becomes a desirable city to live in. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they've also got Kyle Connors also sitting there. So Kyle Connor, Patrick Liney, and Jacob Truber are all unsigned RFAs right now. And they'll have to you replace know? Kevin Hayes in some way. Right. And so, you know, that's – I think that's just give Jack Roslevic the job and hope that he breaks through and ends up being the stud that I think he is. But that's just one team that's in RFA trouble this year. Like real meaningful RFA trouble because yep. we always say, oh, you know, these these kinds of cap crunches are a myth. You know, teams always work their way out of them. Right now, the Vegas Golden Knights have have spent over the cap. They are over the cap for next season. And William Carlson is sitting there unsigned. A 26-year-old center coming off a 56-point season. Now, he obviously took a step back from that 40-point monstrosity uh, two seasons ago. But has proven himself to be a legitimate top six forward. Like, that's a real player. And he's 26 years old. Uh, and, and... They have no space to do anything like that's a guy where maybe, maybe you do wonder, right? Yeah,
1: that's, that's exactly right. It's the one situation where it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Because that's a team that's already spent all their money. And, you know, they, they also have David Clarkson is still sitting on their books. And so that's, that's part of their cap. You know, obviously he's got the one year left. They might. I mean, maybe, maybe instead of signing William Carlson to a to an offer sheet, maybe the App should trade David, for David Clarkson. You know, Vegas, great. Vegas has Vegas has three third round picks, all of them late. They've got three fifth round picks. Maybe try and pry one of those picks from them, and you know, say, hey, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you a fifth round pick, and you give us David Clarkson and a third. Sure,
1: yeah. Like we were just talking about helping Toronto with their cap space issues. A little bit of a different situation, obviously, but you can very often get value in in helping teams bail themselves out.
0: Well, because they're, I mean, they're man, they're in trouble, man. Like, right. they're, I mean, their roster is more or less like set. These guys are all signed, and a lot of these guys are signed for multiple years. It's actually crazy how an expansion team got themselves into cap trouble that quickly. But they, you know they have no backup goalie signed, and they have William Carlson sitting here unsigned today. Yeah, it's take advantage of these guys, right? These teams put themselves in bad positions. You don't necessarily need to be going out and and trying to sign these guys to offer sheets. But another team, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at San Jose right now, definitely. And you're like, okay, well, San Jose, another team here, where you know, right now. They've got twenty four million dollars in cap space, but unsigned from their roster, Kevin LeBanc, Jonas Donskoy, Joe Pavelski, Joe Thornton, Gustav Nyquist, Timo Meyer, and Eric Carlson.
1: Like,
0: I, I, in the, in those situations, I almost wonder if you can get into a Soderberg situation, right? Dude, that's that's a team right there. You could put all of their unsigned guys <laughs> and build that's true the really a really good start to a roster just with all of san jose's unsigned guys so the fact that they are sitting on 24 million dollars in cap space doesn't mean anything to me 24 if they need more like 44 million in cap space
1: yeah and again i wonder you know if san jose gives them permission to to talk about contracts with some of these guys uh you could maybe say hey look We'll throw you a sixth if we're confident we can sign this guy. Don't let him get to the free agent market and maybe save a little bit of cash that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming like Nyquist would be the guy that you're yeah, trying to. That,
1: that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah,
0: to pry <laughs> out of there. Yes. Yeah, like that. I, I mean, I could see that. That that you know that could be something, but then you're giving up an asset to try and go sign a guy that you might have been able to get anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean. Definitely don't do that unless you're
1: sure you can sign him. Uh, yeah, but I I wouldn't kill me to give up a six or something for that. But but you're right. They this is a team that clearly you just don't see how it adds up that they can sign all of these guys and figuring out how to take advantage of them and get something out of them is a skill that helps teams a lot when they take advantage of it.
0: Right. Well, and and this is a unique RFA market in that teams are in. Uh, there are more teams like the the market is full of star players. Yep, and more teams are already up against the cap than we're accustomed to with teams you know have being in this position. I haven't even talked about it. Tampa Bay has eight million in cap space, and Braden Point is sitting there. Yeah, that that's ninety two points <laughs> this last season. Braden Point, mind you. Yep. So you want to talk about you know. <laughs>
1: this is kind of the backhanded side, right? We've seen a big shift in the league of taking advantage of ELCs to try and go all in on cup runs with that cheaper asset.
0: Right. But when those ELCs run out. (laughs) Right. And uh, to make it work in that very tight window, you know, we've talked already a lot on the show about Toronto, which I'm sure they love. Um, (laughs) But I mean, Kasperi Kapanen and Janssen and Marner, like, they've and they've got eight million they've got eight million dollars to spend and they've got they've got very little room to spend any of it this these are all teams that have put themselves in a bad spot where you can go and take advantage of them where you right. can you can roll up on them and be like ah we're gonna make your life extremely uncomfortable." <laughs> You know, like, I'm not a believer that offer sheets are a real thing. I think they're unicorns. I, I'm i pretty sure Ryan O'Reilly was the last time one got signed. I think you're right. Uh, And, like, you look at, like, Brock Besser in Vancouver. Like, they've got all the space in the world to sign that guy. Sebastian Ajo yeah. in Carolina. Like, you're not, you're not worried about like, those guys. You don't even bother, yeah. Like, that's that's your very normal RFA situation. But what's going on at the top of this RFA board and, like, with Winnipeg where you could sign a Jacob Truba to, you know, a certain, a certain level of contract. Now I'm not saying Colorado should or anything. I'm just saying you could. And that's, I think that's interesting. I, you know, a guy, Kevin LeBanc, 23 years old, coming off a 56 point year was really good in the playoffs. Uh, was a absolute pain in the ass against Colorado. Uh is a guy that's been getting better and better and better coming off his ELC, like that's a guy that you maybe hey, for a, a cap strap team, maybe you can poach a guy like that.
1: Right. And and that's if you're gonna do it, you should one hundred percent be targeting those teams that are pushing the cap. Sticking them with, with a high cap is exactly the way you make an offer sheet work, but even then It just is so hard to find the right fit where a team is willing to give up those guys for nothing but picks.
0: You can also uh, do what we saw Columbus do a couple of years ago. Brandon Saad was in this exact same spot with a capped out Chicago team, and Columbus said, "Well, um, let's give them a call." Right, and the trade happen, and they said, "Well, somebody's going to RFA. They're going to offer sheet this guy, and we don't want the picks." Um.
1: yeah it it's tough to know exactly how that trade is going to get done because you're not sure what the ask is going to be but when it comes down to it we'll see what people are asking for because you know if you're going after a big target there does tyson berry come into play for the avs
0: yeah, I mean, what happens, right? Like what's next? Yep. It's I think it's an interesting conversation. Um most of the time I think RFA conversations make me roll my eyes because they like we started the segment with it's a myth, right? Like it's they
1: just they don't happen and when they do it doesn't matter anyway because they they just yeah. get match most of the time. So. But we've
0: seen a couple of teams have put themselves in Spots. Shea
1: Weber. Cough, cough.
0: I mean, they've put themselves like the, this position that Vegas is in is really tough. It is because even if they move David Clarkson's contract, that's $5 million. Great. They still need a backup goaltender and you expect uh, William Carlson is going to get paid more than $5 million. I would think so. He's, he got 5.25 last year coming off of a 78 point year where he scored 43 goals. And that was, like, obviously the huge jump in his career. He came back down to earth a little bit this year, but did not, I mean, proved to, he is no no fluke, right? Like Definitely that's, not, yeah. He's, he's a, a real, real top six NHL player. He may not be, like, a runaway number one C, but given his excellence defensively and his great PK work, that's a very, very good player that's just sitting out there waiting for somebody to take advantage of the situation Vegas put themselves in.
1: Yeah. And the one thing there is Clarkson once the season starts, he goes back on LTIR and, and it doesn't apply to the cap necessarily.
0: Sure. Um but, but again, like that's that's right. they've got twelve forwards, they've got six defensemen and one goaltender signed, and they're in this position. His five point two five million dollars is not gonna be enough. They're gonna have to do something right. else. Right. Exactly. They something's gotta give there and
1: you should be at least ringing him up and say, you know, what's on the table here.
0: Right. I mean, I think that, you know, Colin Miller was a guy that they were healthy scratching in the postseason. Yep. And, you know, he makes just under $4 million as a right shot defenseman uh, that had a 41 point year, the first year in Vegas and followed it up with, you know, 29 points last year. So it's not, it's not like, Oh, he came back down to earth and was, significantly worse, but a 30 point defenseman in 65 games played. And as a right-hander, I mean, that's a valuable player getting paid less than Cole too. And I mean, Colin and Colin Miller's like a good player. And at 26 years old, that's a guy that can absolutely help them, but are they going to just move him for draft picks or would they want somebody to actually drop into their lineup and help out a little bit? I don't know the answer to that. But they should Colorado should one hundred percent be calling them up and being like, "Hey, at very minimum, what are you guys thinking about David that David Clarkson contract right exactly I agree there you know at very minimum can we you know let's let's pry one of these extra picks off your hands they've got three third rounders this year three fifth rounders they've got two second rounders next year I mean <laughs> Well, there you go. Probably a
1: third rounder from Vegas, and then you can offer shoot whoever you want.
0: Right. Well, and it's like third rounders. Their third rounders are Vegas, Nashville, and Winnipeg. So it's not like you're getting like a really high pick. Yeah, right. You know, that would give Colorado three third rounders this year. Maybe maybe ask for a, the Derek Broussard pick. Ask for their third rounder next year.
1: That, and that would be and interesting. get
0: that pick yeah. back into their, you know, so they have a third rounder for next season. I don't, I mean... Right whatever they should be making that phone call that's that's where you look at the rfa market and you say that's where we feel like we can really take advantage of not these other dudes
1: 100 percent, i agree
0: like not 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 with the offer sheets you know the mitch marners and the Braden points and all that like yeah. teams will find a way to keep their elite talent they always but do they're gonna have to do something else in order to 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 clear up that space And that's where teams clean up. Right. And, you know, Tampa Bay, that's, you look at Tampa Bay and you're like, all right, well, they've got 7,000 forwards. Um, Ryan Callahan is the obvious cap dump there. You know, okay. So Ryan Callahan, could you maybe uh, try to pry out a JT Miller alongside of him? You know, that's, you know, the, or a Tyler Johnson, I would be less thrilled about Tyler Johnson, but you know, maybe.
1: You can apply the leverage much stronger to try and, get one of those guys away than just throwing a billion dollars at their top talent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see this RFA market in particular is one of the more like I'm trying, I, you know, they all, all these guys get signed every year anyway, by their own teams. Yeah. And so RFA markets don't normally stand out to me. But this year feels different. This year feels like holy smokes, there are tons of players in this market. You know, They're Mitch really Martyr, up. Braden Point, uh, Miko Rantanen, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Matt Kachuk, Timo Meyer, Kyle Connor, William Carlson, Brock Besser, LeBanc, Patrick Line, Jacob Truba, Travis Konechny, Zach Wurensky, Jakob Vrana. These are all first round picks, man. Yeah. These are all per, like. Except for a couple of these guys, like Braden Point, uh, William Carlson, and LeBanc, I believe, were not first-rounders. But the rest of these guys are all like, and Sebastian Ajo was like, a, he was like the first pick of the second round. But still, like.
1: Legit, bona fide, Like
0: superstars. NHL stars. stars, yeah. Like the future of the game is in with is all these
1: guys. It It does kind of feel like the next wave, doesn't it?
0: It does. It absolutely does. This this is this is going to be the RFA market that resets contracts moving forward. Yep. You know because we saw a couple of years ago, and I've talked about this on the show before. The McKinnon and the uh, the Monahan and the Gaudreau contracts all all stand out because they were all signed in kind of that same and Shifley. You know those yep. guys were all signed in that same general uh, year or two vicinity, and. Uh, their production and their and their contracts were all pretty much in line, and they all worked together. Right? It was great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and now they're all cheap, <laughs> right? And now they're all crazy <laughs> cheap because the cap has gone up so fast. Yeah. And now you're looking at, you know, we're we're looking at, oh my gosh, you're going to pay Miko Rantan in ten, $10 million dollars this summer. But what happens if the same thing happens two years from now? Another expansion team comes in, the cap goes up another eight million dollars all of a sudden you're looking at Miko Ranton and you're like, oh, that dude's
1: pretty funny. 10 million is just a 10%, 10% cap hit. At that's
0: all, Boy, this is, this is fine <laughs> with me. You're not and looking then, around like, geez, man. Cause you, we you know when Connor McDavid signed that, that deal of his, yep. it was taking, it was almost 17% of it, yeah. the total say, cap, which is way higher than everybody else.
1: It, it's crazy to think that the last year of McKinnon's contract, it could seriously be like
0: 4% of the cap. <laughs> It really could be like, it's that (laughs) contract. (laughs) It's such great. great value. It is. The day it was signed, it was 8.63% of the cap. Yep. The day it was signed and they've got four years left of that thing, (laughs) of that thing getting better. And then he scored 90 points and we were like, oh, okay. That's crazy.
1: It really is.
0: Well, and, it, and it's a great example of how, the, how quickly the RFA market changes because McKinnon's deal was in no way out of line the day he signed it. No,
1: it wasn't. It, you know, at McKinnon's time, we hadn't seen as many guys on ELCs that were dropping point-per-game type numbers.
0: Yeah, well, scoring, scoring in the league hadn't gone up, and his right. personal scoring was right in the same range as everybody else's. Yep. He was a, he was a 60-ish point guy at the time. And so he Pretty signed much. in that, you know, that that 60-ish point guy contract range. Uh, the Avs kicked him a couple of extra thou- 100000 because they said, hey, we think you're going to get a little bit better. And then he, be- he became one of the five most dominant players in the league. A little bit better. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> Take it and run, man. <laughs> yeah. So how about that? How about it? (laughs) Well said. Before we jump into our next segment, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. You might know about it already because I've mentioned it once already in the show. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all your holiday parties have it delivered to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use promo code BSN10 for $10 off your order. That's promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage app for $10 off your next liquor delivery today. It does it for segment number two here the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Welcome back in third and final segment here of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage Nathan, the Avs have a long history of trading dudes for draft picks. They they love to do it. A lot of uh, draft, draft picks in last, going out. Last <laughs> calendar year, they've done it twice. Yep. So with the Derek Broussard going for a third and the Grubauer Orpik deal, which we've talked about previously. Uh before that, Colin Wilson was traded for a fourth. Uh It was a while Um, the year before that, Eric Jonah for a third as well as Sean Mathias for Colin Smith and a fourth. I guess that one's kind of cheating a little bit because Colin Smith was involved in it, but he was an expiring RFA contract. So
1: it's, I don't have a list anymore. I I used to have a whole list, but it's something like since Joe Sackick took over, it's something like six or seven top 100 picks have been moved out and like 15 total picks or something like that. And they've gotten some coming back, of course, but, but they've traded away a lot as well.
0: Well, and they, and they seem, you know, and, and I think they're, especially if you go and look at this list early on, it was happening a lot in Sackick's tenure. Yep. Um, where, you know, Brad Stewart got, got dealt for multiple picks, which then they would, they would go and get back later. But, (laughs) um, you know Reto Barra for for a second, second. round pick. Nope. You know that they've they've been very comfortable moving out players for just draft picks. Yep, and it's it's been middle rounders. You know they're not they haven't traded any first rounders uh, on guys. They haven't done anything like that.
1: Nope, the first good, round good for is them, is I, guess. Sacred, um, I guess. Which is fine with me.
0: Yeah, but um been been very comfortable trading and they do it, you know, about once a year. Uh, they, they deal a guy for, for draft picks. And when we get to July 1st, I can't help but wonder if that's not something that they've got up the sleeve again.
1: You have to think, I mean,
0: Colin Wilson
1: was a, a free agency day deal, so they're not afraid to do that type of thing.
0: Yeah. It, it was a free agency day deal. And it was funny because Matt Duchesne was like the guy. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, Colorado and Nashville have a deal done. (laughs) And we were all just kind of sitting around like, oh, Jesus, what happened? And it was like, oh,
1: yeah. Colin Wilson for a fourth, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, is this this it? (laughs) Is this we got something bigger or one? (laughs) No, no. All right. I guess. Yep. Okay. That's it then. Yeah. (laughs) I can't. I can't help but wonder if you know something. Something like that might be on the radar again. I think it's fair to say that the expectations moving forward are that Colorado's picks are going to be later. Yep. Um, that you know, no longer it, it, as valuable. It's look. Let's let's be real. The the expectations have gone up for the organization. They're no longer oh making the postseason is nice. If they're not competing for the central division title next year, it's a disappointment. So I'm not going to tap dance around this anymore. I don't want to continue to like, eh, pussyfoot around this and be cute about it. They are. They are, if they're not competing for a division title, it's a disappointment and they screwed something up. Their draft picks do not have the same value moving forward. They should not have the same value in their own mind moving forward. Their first round picks are no longer should they be considered top 16 picks. They should be picks that are in the back half of the first round. That's going to decrease their value. That's the same. The same is true for all of the other rounds. That's not to say go crazy, open up the coffers and let let the league have at it or anything. I'm just saying they need to look at their draft picks maybe a little bit differently than they have been because I think the value of them is going to go down a little bit.
1: Right. I I'm with you on that. The value is definitely going to decrease on their picks top to bottom. Right. Even like something like a second that we traded for Grubauer. That's not going to be a top 50 pick anymore. It's, you're right. looking closer as 60.
0: Right. You want that to be more like 55 instead of 47. Right. You know, you want, and obviously would, you really want it to be like.
1: You want it to be 62.
0: Yeah. You want it to be right now, <laughs> 62. <laughs> Down the road, uh, it would be, what, 63
1: uh yeah once yeah no it'd be 64 right because 32 in the first yeah
0: 32 yeah you're right okay so 64 down the road see i'm good at math i <laughs> well, feel the add two right it got that ugly was, that was great it's fine i just can't i just can't do basic math y'all don't even worry about it
1: you're in good company there
0: yeah well that's why i became a writer damn it <laughs> But no, that's it's I think it's it's gonna be an interesting conversation just because you do expect, hey, they're gonna be looking for uh improvements in all the different facets, and we've seen them use that avenue time and time again. You know, the big free agency splash has been less utilized. Uh trading trading picks for players is something that, you know, they've they've been very like, oh, well, when we draft our guys, we wanna keep our guys, get away from our guys. But they'll trade the draft picks before they have a chance to use them. And then they don't get attached to them. That's true. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think that is
1: if let's say they trade Barry for a forward, I think they would be very interested in acquiring another D potentially. We've talked about how the free agent class of D isn't great. So that could be a target for them. I think is, is using one of those, early to middle round draft picks to to flesh out their sixth D or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's do they need to do that? Do they? No. Do I
1: see them doing it if they don't have Barry? Maybe.
0: If they don't have Barry, I think it's it's definitely a conversation that they could have.
1: Yeah, right. If they have Barry their D is set. I, I wouldn't Think twice about I, it.
0: So. I really feel like, oh, hey, you know, all right. Well, they've got Ryan Graves and Mark Barbario and those guys can fight it out for the seventh spot in training camp. And then whoever loses goes down.
1: Right. And and that's perfectly fine. But I do wonder how comfortable they are with Graves playing every night.
0: Uh, I mean, how comfortable can you be with Barbario playing every night? That's uh, fair, enough. Know? Like, fair enough. Like, just, just given the fact that he only got into 12 games last year, uh, was really bad in most of them. Yeah. And and it was just it was just obvious he never found his footing. It was a totally lost season for him.
1: Yeah. It, he really struggled all season long and then had injury problems up and down at times throughout the year, so uh, you can't really count him as reliable, certainly.
0: Yeah, I uh I tell you, it's, it's weird to to think that their defense is set and that they don't, you know, they don't need need to tinker. And I don't know that they're going to know how to do that.
1: (laughs) They just might do it anyway. So I
0: think they're going to, you know, they're going to go and they're going to look at like an RFA market and they're going to be like, oh, Cody CC?
1: They'll covet something. I sure hope it isn't CC. Right? Like
0: they're they're gonna be out there and they're gonna be like, oh, we've liked Cody CC for a while now. Well,
1: who's out there from Columbus? Because we know they love that.
0: You you don't want to know the answer.
1: <laughs> don't say Jack Johnson.
0: Jack Johnson is busy elsewhere now. He's busy with the trying to get traded elsewhere. Uh, but no, they they actually have two RFAs this year uh, on that defense that. Well, oh, three. Oh, Scott Harrington. Oh all about. I forgot Scott Harrington existed. <laughs> My bad, Scott. Uh, but no, they've uh, they've got Ryan Murray and Zach Wierenski.
1: Okay, well, yeah, I'd be down with Wierenski, but I'm uh, yeah, sure, right. Sure. <laughs> Zach Wierenski,
0: forty seventh overall. Come on down. Uh, who says no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, jeez, let's get crazy. I'd give him. I'd even give him the twenty twenty first for that. <laughs> I'm Jeez. <laughs> if they demanded, I'd give him the 16th this year, too. That's that's fine. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hate Ryan Murray. <laughs> you know, interesting year last year. Uh, 29 points, 56 games played, but a guy's just never healthy. He's not. Like, does it does it matter what his talent is when availability is a skill and it's his worst one? Is that the worst thing ever, though, when
1: you have a Graves or a Timmons or a Malash ready to step in? Maybe that's not so bad.
0: I I don't think it would be bad, but, like, what are you going to go out and give up to get him? Because, again, that's that's an RFA. You're giving up
1: picks for a guy who's going to miss half the
0: season. Right. You know, (laughs) that's. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think yeah. that one that that's an interesting conversation because Ryan Murray is a fascinating guy just in general. Uh, did has he lived up to his draft billing? Not quite. Uh, he's been he's been good. He hasn't been bad, and there's still like he still has these flashes. He'll go through stretches where he plays great hockey. Yep. And you're like, oh my god, look at this guy go, and then he'll get a paper cut and he's out for three weeks
1: an inconsistent d-man that sounds right up the abs alley
0: <laughs> an inconsistent d-man with a history in columbus honestly we should just put this on the map right now we should, <laughs> we should put ryan murray on the on the on the offseason game plan just to be safe it just <laughs> seems to me make, it makes that much sense right off the bat where it's like yeah 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 <laughs> it's happening that's that's right <laughs> But beyond that, um, you know, it's, there isn't, this isn't like a market where you go do that, you know, like Ivan Provorov and and Will Butcher, that would be funny. Um, you know, Tony D'Angelo and Travis Sanheim, even, even Marcus Patterson out of, uh, out of Pittsburgh, you know, that's no, you're not getting any, anything of like real value out of these cats. So you know, I will say uh, Nathan Boyle played pretty well for Winnipeg at the in the second half of the year last year, but not God giving up picks for depth defensemen. Yeah, especially like you do have a Timmins and maybe you have a Timmins, but you definitely have a Melosh. Yeah, and you sure. definitely have a Graves and Barbario. Like you have to go through some bodies in order to really get to that need. And that's where I just don't, I would not be for that. And, you know, the, the forward group, you just don't need it. You know, Colin Wilson at the time, like Colin Wilson immediately filled a hole for that team and, and played a, and, you know, played a non, like, it wasn't like, he's not like a core guy, but that was a top nine guy for them the last two years you know, when he was healthy, he played an important role for the town for, for the, for the abs.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. The avs don't have holes that are quite so easy to fill anymore. Like if you're going out and trading a pick for a forward, you're going to want something better than Colin Wilson. Right.
0: Right. Like you're, cause I mean, if you want to call and Wilson, you just freaking re-sign the guy. <laughs> <Exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go and do that at this point. What you want are meaningful upgrades. So, you know, are you going out are you giving up a second round pick for Nazem Kadri? Are you giving up a first round pick for Nazem Kadri? Like what where do they go from there? You know, what what picks would they be giving up for the quality of talent because it seems like, you know, they they're goaltending and their defense are set at the NHL level anyway. Like those those two things you think are set. They've got Grubauer and Fransoos. They've got the defense as we've touched on unless they're trying to move on from Zadorov or Barry, uh, which are the two only, those are the only candidates that make sense for them to really move on from right now um, for different reasons too. And it's not like they need to be in a hurry to do either one of those things.
1: Right. I agree. Uh, it's, it does seem like a bit of a tough fit this year for the abs to do that, but, but they love to do it so much that it is a little bit worth talking about. Yeah, so absolutely, I'm, I'm trying, kind of trying to look through on teams that are, rebuilding or rebuilding ish at least and it's it's pretty tough to, to find something super useful if the abs wanted to like go for more of an all-in push kind of thing maybe somebody like to foley
0: yeah and coming off of last year you'd have to expect that it's a bit of a buy low right exactly uh, type of that, year,
1: you're you're taking a little bit of risk there for the abs for sure or if you're willing to set aside the bit of rivalry with Minnesota, maybe you can pry Rask away from him or something. Obviously that's a one that's a lot more risk than to Foley there.
0: Yeah. Well, with the contract
1: yeah, uh, and
0: and the fact that he did absolutely nothing last year, I don't, I don't think I would mind letting uh, Minnesota drown with Victor. (laughs) Yeah. But I see, I was thinking like a Detroit where maybe, you know, uh, you know, Anthony Manta and Dylan Larkin are kind of like, and Tyler Bertuzzi and Rasmussen and Svechnikov are all like core guys for them. Yep. But what about an Athena Yeah.
1: The, the know, peripheral pieces is what you'd kind of be targeting. Right?
0: Who's coming off a crazy year. So you'd be buying like maximum value for him. Cause he had 30 goals last season somehow and go went from being a 20 point or a 30 point guy to a 50 point guy. And you're yeah, like, what in the world?
1: It would be expensive, but
0: yeah. That would be one where you're probably talking about multiple draft picks because yeah. 24 years old. But, I mean, what an amazing fit he would be. Cause, he would just drop
1: him in and let him go, man. Right.
0: Well, and, and his ability to play all the forward spots um, yep. really – I mean, that's so helpful, which is another reason why, you know, if Ryan Dezingle makes it to market, watch out for that guy. <laughs> the fact that he's now former Columbus just only you know only makes it that, <laughs> that much better. <laughs> uh, but no, like at Tennessee, you like that's a, that's a perfect kind of candidate for uh, a deal, a rebuilding team that wants the picks uh, yep. and and not a core guy. I don't think at least I don't think he's I don't think of him as a core guy. Maybe they do uh, coming off the season that he's coming off of. I can understand why they would not want to do that. But
1: when they stuck yourself with Franz Nielsen for three more years. Yeah, you know,
0: well, and Advocate so and <laughs> Darren Helm, like they've. They've still got some bad money on their books, although it yeah. really looks like this is the last year of the the cap hell, the kind of purgatory that they've put themselves into. All oh, their
1: defensemen go bye-bye.
0: Yeah, all, well, and their whole like 30-year-old defensive course, yeah. is all <laughs> yeah. just going to disappear at the same time. Yep. And you know they've been drafting a little bit on that side. They've been using a lot of uh, second-round picks on D, so uh, the Filipronics of the world can start uh, taking over. Dennis Chalowski and Jared McIsaac, all those cats, Joe Hickett. God, yeah. I remember when everybody loved Joe Hicketts and it was like, Joe Hicketts, one of the top young prospects in all of all of hockey. And I'm like, are you guys high? Like really? Cause I, that was one that, that just blew me away where I was like, yeah, he's turned himself into a prospect, but like this kind yeah. of, this quality of prospect, are you crazy? Yeah,
1: I I was never super sold on Hicketts either, to be honest. Yeah,
0: not even a little bit. Not no, not even. I always liked uh most all of their other guys that they've drafted <laughs> better <laughs> than uh than Hickets. He's he has never done it for me, ever.
1: Well Hirona could have been an Av, so
0: Oh don't tell me that. <laughs> He's good and uh, solid though. I yeah. I really like his game. He's gonna be a good offensive uh defenseman in the league. I don't I don't know how that uh D game shapes up overall, but he's a he's he's gonna be a good little player.
1: I mean, yeah, he's twenty three points in his rookie year and half the season or something. That's uh nothing to sniff your nose at.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then that's so point big, that's a good team that you could look you could go to and say, Hey, right. Lots of young talent, you know, you, you know. Exactly. Give us a fantasy.
1: You got, you're, they're entering their rebuilds, but already have kind of a a base of young players.
0: I do like the idea of of trying to pick the corpse of Minnesota right now. I think that's an interesting idea, but that's one where the the only appeal is on defense. Like you're, you know, like Marcus Foligno is not going to do anything for you. And they're not going to give up Kevin Fiala after they just got, rid of Gramlin to get him. Yeah. It's
1: unfortunately they, they kind of had their fire sale at the deadline. So
0: I think they've got more work to do. You know, Uh, they've got, they certainly do (laughs) for some reason they're insistent on getting rid of Jason Zucker. Like I get that they have to now. Uh, (laughs) I don't know why the, what the rush was before, but Um, he's an, he was a guy like he would have been a really interesting fit if they could have pried him out of Minnesota. I say, could have like it's already done, but I'm sure that Paul Fenton's not looking to help the Avs.
1: No, certainly we would think looking outside the division
0: entirely. And but. and that's a guy that you could you could package with a Jared Spurgeon and maybe move elsewhere because they don't they're not gonna want to pay Spurgeon into his thirties yeah, when they're gonna be rebuilding. Sure. Uh, Spurgeon's been a great find for them too. I mean that's he has it's, it's been kind of strange. The whole thing about Minnesota and this era of their hockey, I feel like you could write an entire book on uh, overestimating the quality of your own young players because yeah, sure. that's what happened, man. I mean, they they went all in on the the Grandlands and the Charlie Coyles and the Jason Zuckers, and these guys just never turned corners. You know, a writer. they never turned that corner. None of them did. You want to talk and about like a, a development failure, you know, was that development that all those guys stopped at 50 points or is it well, just that hard? It, it, I think it's, it's probably
1: some of both there, but you have the other side of the coin too, where they finally got one out of Matt Dumba and it comes around time to sign him. And you're staring at these Parise and Suter contracts that they have forever and ever. Yeah. And it's like, they've done nothing with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Matt Dumba, you know, he was drafted in the top 10. Like, you got to.
1: Yeah,
0: it should be a hit. You right? got to get that one right. <laughs> <laughs> Siemens is at 11, so we're safe. It's yeah, fine. Well, and now Tyson is at 10, so it's like even if he doesn't get any better and he's like a third-line center for you, it's like, hey, it was still the 10th pick. Yeah, <laughs> just in. Just the 10th, okay, <laughs> guys. <laughs> But no, like these, some of these other guys, like that's, yeah, boy, that this this corpse has been picked clean, they, pretty thin, and
1: it. I don't think they won many of their fire sale trades either. To really? be honest,
0: oh, but. I think they lost all of them, man. Even grandlin yeah. and Fiala, like, yep, Fiala's a nice. Like, I get, I get going for the younger guy and probably the cheaper guy, but my gosh, they got the term at least. But yeah, I think you tweeted
1: out after it happened that they traded Grandland for a guy they are hoping becomes Granlin.
0: Right. Like you would take that. If he, if he becomes, if he gets to the Grandland ceiling, you're like, all right, well, that's fine. Yep. Cool. So you're going to wait four years for that to happen. And I, I don't know. It was a weird, <laughs> weird deal all around, man. It was, a it weird was, deal. it was. So uh, anyway, we're, we're kind of off the boat here. Let's go ahead yeah. and uh, tie this back up to trading draft picks for players kind of an iffy proposition this summer. Uh, it's it's, a, it's something that they've done a lot of in the past and I think it's a crutch of theirs, but not sure. as many obvious candidates because their roster is a lot better than it has been in a long time.
1: Yeah, and beyond that if the expectation is they should be competing for division championships, hanging out of those draft picks is more ammo for the deadline, like it or not. It's yeah, something that's something that happens.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It is true, un- unfortunately. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other. It is, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that the ABS moving forward just forget the deadline exists.
1: Would be nice. Now that we're definitively not sellers, you can you can do bad things at the deadline.
0: <laughs> man, you, God, can you ever, man? It's a. I mean, it's a real. That thing is I'm- a. You want know, to talk about writing a book?
1: Oh yeah, a lot of teams with buyer's remorse every deadline day.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's a the nat. I mean, David Poyle's ruined all the yeah, great that, work that uh, he's done uh, elsewhere in his career. Like that is as much a defining mark of his career as his deadline failures. That guy's that that guy is like it is the great warning of his career as you could be great at your job and then look how hard this one thing is. Yep. You You gotta be able to do it all. You could use David Poyle's work at the deadline as the entire basis for an argument of why you should ignore the deadline. (laughs)
1: That's a, that's a very fair point.
0: And that's sad. (laughs)
1: Look no further than a second for Brian Boyle.
0: The, well, I mean, uh, first for Ryan Hartman and right. and well and then he, and then he flips Ryan Hartman a year later for Wayne Simmons. Like, you know, he the same guy that gave up a first round pick for Paul Gostad back in the day.
1: Traded for Cody McLeod twice.
0: <laughs> also, uh, I believe gave up a first round pick for Cody Franzen and, and Miko Salamaki. Jeez.
1: And I'm sure you could go on with him too. Yeah,
0: like if you want to that's what we should do. that should be like a fun part of your quiz show. You should go through <laughs> you should go through David Poyle's trade history on Cap Friendly <laughs> and be like, name the worst trades he's ever made and just there see what go. kind of answers you get right there. Yep. <laughs> because I bet I, oh my gosh, man, I bet that would be, be some bad ones. <laughs> that's another team, man. They're capped out.
1: They are there in I mean, they're in trouble, I you know unless Rene finds something that he just doesn't seem to have anymore <laughs> that they might be over the edge
0: it's It's weird because like they've gotten they're they're good, like they don't need to spend any major money, uh but it's like their team is basically set, yep, and what happens next summer when Roman Yosi is set to be a free agent, mikhail Granlin, Craig Smith, like uh- oh. Now you're going to have a problem like, guys. Yeah. like depth has been a huge issue for you. This is why this is why I've said a couple of times. I think Subban gets dealt this summer. I think he's in line for that.
1: It just makes sense. Right. Great player. But that contract.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Just
1: can't can't make it work.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for the show. Um I think we'll wrap this up and I'm going to spend the rest of the night looking at David Poyle's trade history <laughs> just because it's intrigued myself enough that I want to do it now. So I love it. YOLO. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing else. So uh, for Nathan Rudolph, I'm AJ Hayfley. This has been the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow.
1: Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer. And we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the Bar Page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to BSNBars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network